Hello, everyone. Deacon Allen here again. We are going to give a, a short little podcast here uh, going over the exercises for uh, Unit 1 of our textbook. Um, but before I go into that, I really want to thank you very much. The response has been uh, has been exciting to see. You know, when we would do this uh, Latin class, uh, you know, I, I, we've tried it on, you know, live, obviously, in uh, uh, during the week, and we get some good results. But uh, and then we've tried it, you know, uh, after mass on Sunday, and we get you know good results. But my goodness, we have, as of right now, when I'm recording this, 249 listens to the very first uh, episode of our of our podcast, the first uh, uh, unit. And that's just exciting. I mean, I, I, I hope that you stick with it. Um, the brilliant thing about th doing this as a podcast is if, you know, life gets in the way and you get overwhelmed and you need to take a break, you can always come back and, you know, you'll be a few weeks behind perhaps, but you can get caught up. Um, and uh, whereas, you know, if we were doing a live class, you might feel like I've, I've, I'm, I'm swamped. I can't keep up. And by the time I get back, I'll be so far behind, you know, so don't worry about that. I hope you stick with it. Uh, Latin can get difficult. I know that. And that's why, you know, when we do the live class, we'd start out with maybe three dozen people saying, yes, I'm going to learn Latin. And then, you know, a few weeks into it, you know, it's hard and life gets in the way. And, you know, by the end of the course, you're, you're down to a dozen. Um, I hope that you stick with it. And, you know, if you can't stick with it immediately, you can always pick it up. We're going to keep this up on the SoundCloud. Um, you know, the only thing, the only thing will, will be that you won't be able to, uh, have real time, you know, answers or, close to real time within the week answers to any questions you might have. But I am happy to respond uh, by email if you have any, any questions uh, as well. For those of you who may be listening to this months, weeks, years, years down the line, uh, I'd be happy to, to, to try to answer any questions you might have. So again, thank you very much. The outpouring of support has been really uh, super and uh, I, I really appreciate that. Um, the knowledge of Latin is, uh, such an important thing for, uh, our understanding as, uh, well, you know, as Catholics, certainly, but as just, you know, people, uh, in Western civilization, I mean, it's such a, a, a fundamental piece of the glue that holds us together. And, uh, and I think it's a, it's a good thing to recover this as best we can. Very good. Well, moving on to questions. I did have one question from one of you uh, regarding uh, I, whether I could shed more light on the Latin case system, possibly with more examples. Um, and uh, uh, that's, uh, um, I'll, let me try that. Again, English used to have cases in our nouns back a thousand years ago when English was old English. Um, now we don't. In English, we have cases, we have, you know, basically the form of the noun, and then we do have kind of a, 
kind of a possessive case that we can talk about with the apostrophe S, although linguists would probably say that that's actually more of a, an abbreviation of the pronoun his um, being attached to the noun as a possessive. But anyway, but we do have cases in our pronouns, as I'd mentioned. And so that may be helpful for us in thinking about this. So in English, we really only have three cases. We have um, the uh, the basic form of the noun or of the of the of the pronoun, which would be our nominative or subjective uh, case, um, and then we have the objective case that could be used for uh, the object of you know, the direct object, the, the object of the action, the verb in the sentence. And then we also have, of course, a possessive case. So then the subjective case in English, let's take, for example, um, the second person plural in English, we. The word we is the subject of the sentence. All right. Um, and so it's the subjective case in English that maps exactly to the nominative case in Latin. We could use our, O-U-R, that's the possessive case for that first person plural. Um, and that possessive case maps pretty much exactly to the Latin genitive case. Um, we could use a preposition for that. Uh, we could say of us using the next and the third and last of our English cases, which is the objective case, okay, which in Latin, there are three of them, okay? There is the dative, there is the accusative, and there is the ablative. All three of those cases in Latin are used in English with the objective case, all right? But just as in Latin, or just as in English, you would use the objective case for the object of a preposition, in Latin, you might use either the genitive or the dative or uh, the um, accusative or the ablative with a preposition, depending on the preposition and what you're meaning by it. All right. Uh, so in English, we could use our possessive case and say, you know, our garden. Or we could say the garden of us, which is kind of awkward, but it would mean the same thing, right? We're using the preposition of. In uh, And so the, the Latin genitive, you might think of as having that preposition of in front of it, all right? But it's it can be also a possessive case, you know, with the apostrophe S if you're translating into English. All right. Um, so, and I use that, the example, I'm using the first person plural because it's one where I can actually construct a reasonable sentence in English using all three of them. Uh, that actually makes some sense. And the sentence I decided to come up with was thinking of, you know, with uh, the Christmas holidays and everything right on us, and we're just done with Thanksgiving and everything. Um, we fed us 
with the produce of our garden. Okay? Now, in colloquial English, we'd probably more likely say we fed ourselves. But anyway, I wanted to keep it simple here. We fed us with the produce of our garden. We is the subject of the sentence. We're the ones doing the action, right? And so that is, in English, the subjective uh, case, which for Latin would be the nominative. We fed us. Us is the act, the 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 uh, um, the object of the action, which is fed, and so that's in the objective case. Now that's a direct object in uh, our sentence, and so in Latin that would be represented with the accusative. All right, us in English could be accusative. It could be dative. It could be ablative in Latin. But in Latin, we would have used the accusative case here. And with the produce, here produce uh, is, uh, because we're using with, uh, this would be in Latin, we would have used uh, the, uh, um, we would have used uh, the ablative, right? Cum and then produce. You haven't learned that word yet uh, in, in Latin. Um, uh, of our garden. Here, uh, garden is the noun. It would probably be in the genitive, right? Because it's with the garden's produce, right? With apostrophe S. But it's our garden. And so our is in the possessive case in English, which would be the genitive case in Latin. So um, the thing about the cases in Latin in answer to this question, um, built into the noun is already kind of a preposition. If you don't have a preposition in front of a noun that is in the uh, um, dative or the ablative, that preposition you could almost supply. With the dative, it's going to be two or four. And with the ablative, it's going to be by, with, or from. It can also be in, you know. But, um, and the, the ablative is very flexible in Latin. Uh, it can be used for all sorts of things. And when you're reading Latin authors, it's a reason why people say tough is Tacitus, because Tacitus liked to do to, you know, you think uh, uh, Ernest Hemingway in English liked to have short sentences and try to pack everything in with a punch. Gosh, Tacitus would try to boil everything down to as few words as possible. And so he would put entire meanings into sentences of three words. And it's really hard to unpack them sometimes. Um, it's kind of the elegance of, of his Latin. Um, so, but the ablative is very flexible um, uh, in, in, in Latin. It can take uh, um, all sorts of, uh, uh, you know, broad range of possible phrases to fit into, into different contexts if you're translating into English. Uh, and it can also take most of the prepositions uh, will take the, the ablative. Some take the accusative, as I've mentioned. The accusative, when, an, when a preposition takes the accusative, 
it usually implies some kind of motion towards something. Um, but anyway, um, so really in answer to the question uh, regarding whether um, uh, the, uh, for more examples, I suppose the best thing to do would be to move on to actually our exercises. Um, and uh, and here, you know, I, I hope that when you were doing the drills and everything, as you were translating, um, you were noting the uh, whether there was going to be a direct object or a, I mean, I, I'm sorry, I, I, a a definitive art, a, a definite article or an indefinite article. Uh, the would be the definite article, or a or an would be the indefinite article. And so, for example, if you look at uh, in our um, I'm not going to go through all of them, but if you look at our drills, look at number two. Um, uh, let's let's take one. Um, uh, two uh, k chene. Uh, chene is could be genitive singular, so it could mean of dinner, of a dinner, or of the dinner. Okay. Uh, or it could simply be uh, dinner, the dinner's apostrophe s, you know, if it's modifying something else, right? Like like the dinner's main course, you know, or something like that, right? Um, it could also be dative singular. For or to the dinner or a dinner, right? Or dinner. If, you know, you're just saying, you know, what's for dinner? <laughs> okay. Um, and then it can also be the nominative plural. The dinners. Okay. Or just dinners. Um, so you supply the article, either the def definite article or the indefinite article, uh, depending on context. And you may not even need one, all right? But Latin wouldn't have it, although there are ways to put it in if you really need to make, make it specific, but that's down the road for us. Okay, so um, if you come across a, a noun in the genitive, you can translate it in your own head in kind of stilted way by using the English preposition of. If you come across a noun in the dative, you and it doesn't have a preposition, you can use the preposition uh, uh, two or four. Okay, and if you come across a noun in the ablative and it doesn't have a preposition, um, you can use the prepositions by, with, or from. And that'll give you some idea of its meaning. Um, although, again, the ablative takes a lot of different prepositions. A lot of prepositions, or I should say, a lot of prepositions will take the ablative. Um, and that's kind of the most flexible of the uh, cases, which incidentally is why, if you know modern Romance languages, especially Italian, which is really just modern Latin, um, Italian words are almost always, you know, are, are, are fairly obviously what's left over 
descended from the ablative form of the noun uh, uh, rather than from the nominative. Um, I hope that's helpful. I hope that explains this again, keeping in mind that, you know, in English, we only use cases really uh, in our pronouns, but Latin is an inflected language. And so you have these five cases, they are core, and then you have the, the minor ones that we will um, get to later in the course. I, I actually, I think with the, the locative, we get to probably in the Latin too, uh, but we will get to the vocative uh, later, I think in this course, uh, in this Latin one. Um, but the principally the five are to be, are to be concerned with. All right, so uh, let's look at our exercises. Um, and uh, noting, you know, with the exercises, um, uh, the selection of articles, I mean, you know, the or a or an, is really illustrative. Uh, if um, because the word can can use it or not. Uh, in Latin, it would really depend on the context. And since all you're doing is translating, you know, a two-word phrase that isn't a complete sentence, you have no idea whether a, an, an article is necessary or not. So it's just to keep them in mind that they're there. All right. Um, so, for example, our very first one, coram familia. Well, that might be rendered in the presence of the family, right? Um, where because quorum means in the presence of. Now, notice in English we would be using uh, um, a a a um, a noun as an in as an in um, as an object of the preposition in the presence, right? And then we would be using another noun. In the possessive case, whose presence? The presence of the family, right? But in Latin, quorum means in the presence of. And so, and quorum takes the ablative always. So you get quorum familia, all right? So it might be rendered in the presence of the family or in the presence of a family or even, you know, in the presence of family. Uh, you know, like we don't talk about, uh, you know, Thing, those sorts of things, except in the presence of family, you know, <laughs> we keep our family secrets, you know, that kind of thing, right? Um, so when you translate uh, from Latin into English, you need some context. And these, these exercises don't give you context because we're only dealing with a couple of words at a time. So anyway, um, that's a long introduction. to So number one, quorum familia, you know, in the presence of the family, unless you had you know, more information going on there. But if you say, uh, yeah, before and, and quorum could also mean before, you know, I'm a, I'm an ecclesiastical judge and, uh, cases coming from the sacred Roman Rota, which is our Supreme court in, in Rome. Um, when they're, when they're cited, uh, it, um, they list the judge who wrote the decision. And so you might have, you know, uh, in a decision quorum pinto, and that means in a decision before uh, um, Monsignor Pinto, who is the uh, um, uh, a uh, rotal judge, um, so it means before in that sense. You might, you know, I don't know if it's actually related to the word court, 
but it makes sense because in the court you're before the king, right? Or before the judge. I don't know. That just, just that thought just occurred to me. Um, but anyway, Koram before the family, um, in the sense of in front of, you know, in the presence of, um, and that's why in English we use that more complete phrase uh, in the presence of the family, even though that's, you know, taking, uh, you know, giving us two nouns when in Latin we just have one noun and a preposition. All right. Um, ad misam. Notice here, ad is one of those prepositions that always takes the accusative. Why does it do that? Because it implies motion toward. So ad misam, toward mass. I mean, it does mean to, but it's like to in the sense of I'm going to mass. I'm going toward, you know, a particular place where mass is being offered. Uh, but it can also mean for the purpose of mass. So if I'm, you know, th these this particular, uh, you know, uh, cruet is not for any other purpose. It is ad misam. It is for mass. You know, this little glass thing that holds the wine or water. Okay. Um, but yeah, odd always takes the accusative. No, it's in one of those prepositions that doesn't take the ablative. Um, a misa, which means from mass. Remember, a is also ab or abs, uh, yeah, but a in front of a, a noun that starts with a, with a, a, a consonant. Uh, a misa, from mass. Okay, so it's taking the ablative, right? Number four, cum papa, with the pope or with a pope. Um, uh, cum takes the ablative. That's why we have papa in the ablative. Pro ecclesia. Um, ecle pro takes the ablative, and it can mean in front of. Uh, but it can also mean on behalf of. And, you know, without any context here, I would be inclined to translate on behalf of the church because that seems more likely. Uh, um, uh, but, uh, um, but it can mean in front of. Um, and then number six, uh, ab ecclesia. Here's ab. It's the same preposition as a, only here the b is there because the noun it's modifying, uh, or the, the noun that, that is its, its object uh, is, uh, begins with a vowel. So ab ecclesia. Uh, this means from the church or from a church, I suppose. But in this context, since we don't have any context, from the church seems more likely to me. Um, <clears throat> number seven, ad gloriam. Uh, toward glory. Um, again, that because uh, this uh, odd always takes the accusative, it has that sense of motion toward something, toward glory. That seems a little odd. Uh, for the purpose of glory is also uh, a, a very good translation of it, or for glory, uh, with that sense of purpose, right? Um. Now we get, those are easy. Those are just the little two word phrases. Now we're going to get in, getting into one that's a little more complicated. Here we're having two 
nouns, right? Pape ad gloriam, ad gloriam pape. All right. Now, um, glory, and these are uh, being used to express the same idea. All right. Now, uh, what's the main thing here? It's probably not, um, probably not, uh, uh, glory is what we're actually focusing on, right? Because that's the object of this particular preposition. Odd, remember, always takes the accusative. And the only one of these two nouns that's in the accusative is gloria. So odd gloria, for the glory, uh, uh, toward the glory, you know, right um so what about pape well pape in this particular phrase is modifying gloriam so it's the glory of the pope all right um <clears throat> so notice and this is a good a good exercise here right from the beginning notice that latin word order is a lot more flexible than word order in English. Because Latin is a highly inflected language, an inflected language is a language with cases where the, where the, you know, the endings of words determine its, uh, um, what part of speech it is, right? Um, it's a highly inflected language. So the grammatical sense comes more from the ending of the words than from their location. There is as we'll talk about in a future class, a general kind of default word order in Latin that's comfortable <clears throat> and it's a little different than in English. But the word order is not a big deal as it is in English because in English, not having inflections on our nouns, um, you know, it, 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 word order determines what the sentence means. So for example, if I say Bob hit Jim, that means com something completely different than Jim hit Bob. But in Latin, if I use the nominative for one of those names and I use the accusative for the other one, there's no doubt who did the hitting and who got hit. Okay. Um, so uh, um, uh, this is this is an important you know this is something we're going to cover uh, um, you know with word order a little bit later but uh, um, so but when you're trying to parse you know a multiple word phrase like this you got a preposition look for the object of the preposition and since odd you know only takes the accusative it doesn't take the genitive. Um, and, you know, pape could be genitive or it could be, uh, or it could be dative, but odd doesn't take the dative. So, and be, and also a preposition is prepositioned. It's before its noun. So, um, odd gloriam and then pape is modifying gloriam. So it's, uh, toward or for the purpose of the glory, uh, of the Pope. All right. Um, number nine, de vita and de familiae vita. 
uh, so de from or concerning uh, uh, vita life. Okay, de takes the the uh, ablative, right? Um, and then uh, uh, from or concerning the life of the family, because familia is genitive and it's modifying vita. Notice here, you could say again in Latin. The uh, the word order is very flexible, so you could say, um, you you could say uh, de vita familiae, and that would be more natural to us in English. But in Latin, you can separate have a word separating a preposition from its noun, um, as as in this case, uh, and that would have a tendency to emphasize the word that's out of place from its natural where you'd expect it to be. Um, it doesn't change the meaning, but it changes the emphasis. So when you say something like de familiae vitae, you're, you're clear that I'm talking about the family's life. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm emphasizing uh, um, family a little bit stronger than if I were simply to say de vita familiae. All right. Um, Natura and in natura, N number 10. Now notice, again, if you just have the ablative all by itself, you can supply a preposition by, with, or from, or perhaps in nature. But when you put in in front of natura, you mean in nature. Okay, so you're specifying. Okay. Um. 11. Eteris. Out of, e and ex, it would be ex in front of a, a noun that has, uh, that that um, starts with a vowel, uh, but e in front of a noun that doesn't. So, ex teris. Out of the lands. Plural. Right? Um, in ecclesiarum teris. Okay, here's another one of those examples. What is in modifying? It in can take the accusative and it can take the ablative. We don't have any accusative noun here. So we know that it's going to be teris. So in teris, into uh um uh, in in the lands, in the lands, ecclesiarum of the churches. In number 13, we have in teras. Here we have in, but teras is in the accusative. So this has that sense of motion toward. So this means into the lands. Okay. Um, number 14, sine familia et ecclesia. Now, sine takes the ablative and both of our nouns, familia et ecclesia, are both in the ablative, so you know that it's my, it's it's the preposition for both of those objects of the preposition. So without family and church, or you could say without a family and a church, without the family and the church, by itself probably without family and church. You know this poor lonely person is completely without family and church. Okay. Um, 15, et vita, et aqua. Now remember, we talked about, there are a number of ways to say and in Latin, but et is the most common. Uh, and when you have et 
something at something. It means both and. So we have et vita et aqua, both life and water. Okay. Vita aquaque, life and water. Que is one of those is one of those many ways of saying and in Latin. Now, again, but because we have that et something, et something, if you had said et vita aquaque, that means both life and water. The same thing as et vita et aqua. Um, I don't recall if I told you my joke now that you know that et can also mean also, right? Uh, as well as and. I thought I was so clever. I, this joke occurred to me during mass one Sunday as I was, and I, I was snickering to myself quietly the whole way. I told it to Father Tim Cloutier, if you know him, who's very skilled in Latin. And he said, oh, people have been saying that for years. So I, I thought I was so clever in here. I was just coming up with something that everybody's been saying. But, you know, in the, it, it, the, the joke goes like this. When, uh, when you come across a horse and rider, of course, you should always greet the, the rider, you know, out of Christian charity and all that. But you should also greet the horse. Because, as it says in Holy Mass, veradinium et justum est equum et salutare. It is right and just also to greet the horse. <laughs> okay, uh, that's equivocating on equum, meaning uh, you haven't learned the fourth declension, obviously, but equum would be the, uh, the accusative form of equus, which is horse. Uh, but it's also an adjective, equum, meaning uh, just or right. Uh, and salutare can be the, uh, uh, the infinitive form of the verb to, uh, um, to salute, but it can all, you know, to salute or greet, but it can also mean uh, um, uh, 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 have the meaning that we use in mass, you know, when we meet, when we say uh, it, uh, it is right and just, you know. Uh, so anyway, um, that, that was, uh, uh, um, if, if I were, um, I'm, where we could say, you know, it is right and just, you know, uh, um, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of the, the exact words, but um, uh, uh, it is our du duty on our salvation, you know, and so forth. Um, anyway, uh, et has that, that multiple meanings depending on its context. All right. Um, moving on to number 17, super terram, super terra. Notice super, again, is one of those prepositions that can take has a different meaning depending on whether it's taking the accusative or taking the ablative. And so with uh, teram, it means uh, on uh, the earth. Or, or, I mean, oh, you know, like over the land, like on top of kind of thing. Whereas um, if it's taking the ablative, it's more about the land. Like we're talking about the land or so forth. Um, uh, and then number 18, cum gloria, with glory. Uh, number 19, sine culpa, without fault. Sine, again, takes the, uh, the, um, the ablative. And then number 20, uh, ecclesia pro doctrinis. Um, again, look at our preposition, pro. 
And our two nouns that we have, we know that pro takes the uh, the ablative, and the only one that's possible is doctrinis, the teachings. So be, uh, uh, before the teachings, but it's, you know, that seems kind of weird. So it probably a better rendering would be on behalf of the teachings, ecclesia of the church. Okay. Or the, on behalf of the church's teachings, if you're going to use the uh, English uh, possessive case for it, which perfectly fine translation. Um, and then finally, let's move on to exercises section number two. Um, pro famiglia, uh, let's see, on, in behalf of the family of the Pope. So in behalf of, we're going to use pro, right? And so what do we need there for, what form of familia do we need? We need the ablative. So pro familia with the, the macron over the A. And then we're talking about of the Pope. So that's obviously genitive. So we would use uh, pro familia pape. We could say pro pape familia. Um, as well. Okay. Um, number two, in the presence of the Pope, Coram Papa, uh, which has that, Coram has that sense of in the presence of it or before, in the sense of in the presence of someone, in front of someone in their, you know, in their presence. All right. Sine vita, without life, uh, it would, it is what number three, without life would be. Uh, um, and number four, at the hour, at the hour, we're going to use odd for that. But remember, odd takes the accusative. So it'd be odd horam. Um, and then number five, for the purposes of the glory, for the purpose of the glory of the church. So um, here we could do this in two ways. We could, use, but both of them are going to take the accusative, right? We could use odd, which always takes the accusative, or we could use in with the accusative sense because it's kind of directional, right? Um, so either odd gloriam or in gloriam, and then of the church ecclesia. All right. Um, good work. Keep up with it. It is, you know, it, it, Latin is one of those things that just drilling is going to help. Um, I, uh, I always recommend uh, writing your vocabulary on three by five cards and just, you know, whenever you got a spare moment drilling some vocabulary just to keep it down and know these cases uh, and understand that the case has, you know, when, when you, when you, when you're going through your word, say you're looking at, you know, the word, um, ecle ecclesia and, you know, think of it. Okay. Ecclesia, 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 ecclesiam, ecclesia. And then, and then when you're translating that in your head, think church of the church to or for the church, church by, with, or from the church, you know, just kind of have that by, with, or from, just kind of like it's one word, <laughs> because if you do see the word in the ablative all by itself, you can supply a preposition that makes sense. Um, whereas in English, our nouns and mm, almost always are, are pronouns as well, need a preposition in order to tell what they mean. In Latin, Quite often, it's really built right into the noun because you get the the, the sense uh, from the sentence itself. All right, very good. Thank you very much. You've been very attentive, um, and uh, 
on Sunday, we'll be dropping lesson two.